0: And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have festival respect, the second one is commitment, the third one passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable.
1: Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. Uh, I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, hey. And Pascal. How are we doing, Paz? Hey, Gav. How are you? Good, good. All right. Well, let's get uh, stuck into the Who Am I game. We play Southampton tomorrow night, weirdly on a Friday. Um, So we've got a player that played for both Arsenal and Southampton. So here we go. I started my career with Southampton playing 22 league games before moving to Arsenal and playing 74 times. During that spell, I went on loan to Middlesbrough and Fulham and I'm now at Aston Villa. Who am I? Um, Everyone got
2: it? Yeah. Just. Uh, Oh, let me think about it for a second. I know it should be obvious, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it at
1: the end. I think you'll, you'll, you'll definitely get this one. It was a, It's an easy one, but there you go. So, remember, we're going to be putting it out on the socials as well. So, uh, feel free to uh, go and and have a guess on that. So, um, guys, it's been an interesting week in Arsenal land. There's been lots and lots of noise about absolutely everything. Um, So, I think we'll start by touching on some of that before we get into the Southampton game. So, um, first of all... We had mascot gate, um, which I, I kind of don't want to pay any attention to. But at the same time, it follows on from something that uh, Granite Shacker said. And I don't know if you've seen this quote from Granite in an interview last week. Um, he was talking about uh, Mika Richards. And he said, I love the comment from Mika Richards when he says, when Arsenal does something, everybody has to say something. This is true. This is the reality. Other clubs are doing it as well. Other players are doing it as well. Other players get red cards, yellow cards, make mistakes. But none of them are big stories like mine, for example. That is an absolutely fair point and fair assumption. And last week we saw the Arsenal moderator on Twitter put out a one minute video of players signing a mascot shirt and it all went absolutely nuts just have you ever seen a reaction to a 1 minute video of players signing a shirt for a little goal quite like that
2: no this is this is a shocking stuff i mean it's like people just want to be outraged you know is basically what it comes down to i i really i really don't understand it i mean of course there was going to be you know more of a story to it but i mean it's just it's a sad state of affairs and of course you know it's it's only us really and
1: Paz, we're what two weeks away from Martin Odegaard taking off his coat in the centre circle against Lisbon to give it to the mascot because the mascot was cold.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's um, it, it really is a, a, a strange set of affairs. I, I think there's. You know, going back to what you said about Granite Shacker, Michael Richards actually is one of the few pundits I I I, I know from an Arsenal perspective. He's he's a lot more uh, objective. I think he he was an Arsenal he was an Arsenal fan actually when he was younger. But um, but I think he's one of the objective. So I remember him saying that actually, and it's such a good point. Um, because if you look at the people in the media a lot of them are man united aren't they or northern uh from the northern part um so liverpool ex liverpool ex man united i mean you look at sky's punditry they're, they're man united centric most of them um, so it, it's not a surprise that these videos are getting scrutinized. And then you've got Rio Ferdinand coming out about Arteta's. He's heard that Arteta is off to Real Madrid and, you know, it's just, um, we kind of expect this, I think from these teams, especially these, especially Man United contingent in particular, um, Spurs, you would expect that, but Man United in particular, I think it's exposing their own frailties by the fact if we were to win the league, exposes their own frailties as a as a team challenging. Um so I think there is this real push to undermine our our um, challenge and anything to do with Arsenal football club. I think it was um I was told by a a Liverpool fan um actually was on our, our podcast, Matt, and he said to me that um, Arsenal has actually become. Uh, they they've even Liverpool is. There's a newfound respect for Arsenal, especially with the way that they were with the Anfield, uh, with the Hillsborough, the recent visit and the handing of flowers. And they said it was, also even Clock came out and said that our fans were the best. It was the best minute silence he's heard for the Hillsborough. And that's that's what Arsenal is for me. And I know what we're fans, but that is how they usually come across. We've always been respectful towards other teams in that respect. And um he said there's been a newfound respect from Liverpool fans towards Arsenal fans. So that's that's what I really I think that's where the focus should be. Not these minute videos with mascots where, let's be honest, I'm sure that girl, if you interviewed her, had the best time of her life on the whole experience. But yet the one minute or two minutes is suddenly hyper-analyzed and uh, the real focus is about how the players were in that just two-minute snippet. It's just just nonsense, man. Yeah, and I mean, she had
1: what was a brilliant day kind of ruined because you had media knocking on her parents' door, which is ridiculous, and they'll go yeah. any way they can to hurt and damage us. And I just, just for a little historical context, a lot of people wonder, well, why do they all go after Arsenal? Well, Arsenal were the first southern side to win the league. Football is, in England, a northern working-class sport, right? That's how it started. And for the first mm. 40 years of football, it was all the northern working-class teams that dominated. Arsenal were the first team from the south to win a title and within 15 years of winning that first title, had broken every record there was. They had the most titles, had won it by the most points, had done it by scoring the most goals. And that is where this all started. And what we have now is this systemic thing where it's called to hate on Arsenal because of that. That's where it all started from, right? And it's just gone off from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're at a point now where even if you look at today's game, that's where are all the refs from.
0: Yeah. They're out from uh, out of the Manchester, Manchester,
1: aren't they? Salford. All from, yep, they're yeah. all from the Northwest, all of them. It's something that is ingrained in football and has been for 100 years. The power base, people think it's in London. It's not. The power base is in the Northwest. It always has been. And that's mm. why stuff like this always gets blown up because they don't like us, they don't like what we've done. And they don't like it, so. But I just wanted to touch on that real quick. I mean, it's a it's the most stupid thing that I've ever seen. But uh, I figured we just we're just touching that real quick because we spoke about it last week. Pat, a little bit about how when it's us, it gets blown out of proportion, um, and it's why Talksport like to go at us so much because of the reactions and you know you get the interactions, you get the retweets, you get the likes. So I just wanted to bring that up real quick. But yeah. Let's um let's move on to some uh, other quotes. And there was something interesting last week um I thought from Arsene Wenger. Um Arsene Wenger was asked if Man City are now title favorites and he said no 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 I would say Arsenal will still win the title. What you want in this position is to have things in your hand. If Arsenal win the games they win the league. So that's the ideal position to be with a few games to go. That's interesting just because I think as fans we look at it differently to the players. We look at this as me and Paz said last week, we weren't looking forward to the Man City game. They will be looking forward to it, won't they? Because for them, this is a chance. This is where they want to be.
2: Yeah, I think uh, like what Wenger says makes, you know, a, a lot of sense. I mean, he's 100% correct uh, that it's in our hands. If we win out, we win the league. But I think as fans, you know, we're looking at uh, going to the Etihad and playing this really good City team. We're looking at how consistent they are, how they have basically two sets of 11 that are all world-class, and uh, and uh knowing that it's probably unlikely that we win at the Etihad and all our remaining games as well. So even though we do have it in our hands, I think it's hard for, for most of us to consider ourselves favorites when we have such a daunting task.
1: It is um pass we've talked about the mindset of top level sports people before. I remember talking about it when we were talking about the way Jesus was coming back from his injury and and the the difference between what a normal person can do and what one of these top elite level sportsmen can do. The level of belief they 've got isn't going to be shaken by the last two games i I just it's not a bottling situation is it i mean it they're they're going to be looking forward to this.
0: Uh, I, yeah, especially the, the, uh, Jesus, who you mentioned, and uh, hopefully Sinjenko plays, you know, they're former City players. Um, I, I think also even, you know, if you want to try and put some positive spin on it, you know, the Rob Holdings of this world, perhaps Kieran Tierney's, or players that are peripheral players, are playing for their careers as well. They're not necessarily playing for their careers at Arsenal, but they could be playing for their careers beyond Arsenal. So, you know, I think uh, there's there's things for players to prove. Um, Also, you know, the last two games, you'd think it was the end of the world from an Arsenal season, the way everyone is portraying it. So I I would think they'll be reveling in it. I hope they are, um, because uh, from a fan's perspective, especially ourselves, we've not been in this position for a long time and we've known how and we've seen how it's collapsed over the last part of the season in, in when we have challenged for the league. So obviously there's an apprehension on our side and there's a little bit of cynicism um going into it. And obviously you're against you we talked about this, Gavin and, and Justin, but we talked about, you know, who we're up against as well. This isn't this isn't Liverpool from the eighties or Man United from the nineties. This is a team which is just I don't know. They've got they've got like um someone who's not human up front he's on what we are looking at the wage differences what was it we including bonuses like 900,000 a week yep. and then what is the closest to that Salah, was it 350,000 yeah, 400,000 385 i think 385 so half that half that is what the highest next to him is so what are we competing against so it it, it is it, it obviously from our side it's a little bit difficult to be total, to be optimistic completely but um, but I'm I'm hoping and I agree with you that the players are are going into that just absolutely excited about being in this race and having something to show and prove.
1: And every time we go through and achieve something, just we love to do it the hard way, don't we? I mean, you go back to eighty-eight, eighty-nine, and you've got Derby and Wimbledon and everything happened there. Ninety-ninety-one, we get docked two points for the for the brawl at Old Trafford. Even in 97-98, we were 15 points behind at the turn of the year. Even the invincible season, we managed to go out of the FA Cup and Champions League in in the space of a week and then go 2 nil down at home at Liverpool. This is just how we do it.
2: Yeah, that's definitely the case. Uh, I, I mean, I'd say we are a club that, you know, thrives in adversity. Um, you know, we've had, you, you know, I think of the, uh, the George Graham quote about, you know people you know hating us it's part of our history and and it, it does feel that way um you know everybody is kind of uh to out to get arsenal and and you know try but um you know hopefully we we get it done this time as well you know totally new team new manager and all that but uh you know no matter what i think they've done a really good job absolutely
1: but this goes back to the point of you know everything being pointed at us even earlier in the season, we're playing some of the best football you can see. We're winning left, right, and center, and all the media wants to talk about is our tetra on the sidelines and how much we're celebrating beating Fulham.
2: Well, you remember, um you remember last year or I believe it was last year. Wow, I'm getting my ears mixed up, but we had to have that that game postponed due to COVID against yep. Spurs, and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, freaked out because it was us, even though it was happening like at a weekly basis. It, we well, wolves had done it to us literally the week before. We were supposed yeah. to play wolves on Boxing Day, and they had the game moved. Exactly. So it's just like anytime we do anything that's you know slightly uh, you know out of the ordinary, it's like the wolves come out, man.
1: It's a crazy situation the with the with the way that we are treated versus everyone else. Definitely, but that that makes this all the sweeter. It makes it sweeter when you do it, Pat. We've been here a few times before with this. It just makes it. It just makes it better, doesn't it? That 1991 title was better for having had the two points deducted.
0: Yeah, because it 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 showed that we were by far the best team in in the league at that time uh, that season, uh, even with two points deducted. But it also spurred us on to be um, to just not listen to the noise, to just continue what we're doing. We had a plan. We had the right setup. We had the great structure in the team and the club um and uh is to continue that and there was a belief in what we were doing as well our football actually that season i know arsenal was had the tag of boring boring Arsenal. but i thought it was excellent that season the 91 season our, our, our football was 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 pretty impressive um so I, I think this season has certain parallels with that i, I do i do think there's um yeah i don't i don't think liverpool got this when they were challenging city i don't remember every little turn that they made or mistake they made that was scrutinized so heavily as we do. Um, but um, I, I do feel this is that this is going to just, I feel there's a togetherness with this team. Um, and um, I, I don't think we, we I, as fans, we're a little bit pessimistic about what's to come. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as we think it is. I think there's a real resolute. Um, uh, nature within that squad and that club, so um, it, 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 I, I feel they they want to show that they are they are where they should be and justifiably there.
1: The shutting out the noise, I think, is the absolute pertinent thing that you said. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is: the shutting out the noise and it's having the self belief. And I think we've I think we've got that. I really do. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about um, Mick Arteta's press conference yesterday. The quotes are, there's some there's some really interesting quotes coming out of it, actually. Let's start with Saliba. So he said, no big news. The picture hasn't changed from last week regarding William. We still have to wait a little bit more. Then comes the kicker. He's not progressing as quick as we hoped. It's a bit delicate and we want to be very certain before we push him that he's ready to absorb that load and the risk we will take. At the moment, it's not possible to do so. Just. I mean, does that sound like someone that's going to play again this season to you?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm getting more and more pessimistic about it as this goes on. I feel like there's a little bit of lead on here because, well, you know, Mikel, he doesn't like to um, announce our injury news at all, likes to keep everybody on their toes. And I feel like a little bit of that is going on and then also just kind of trying to uh, maintain some kind of positivity. Um but no, I'm 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 not feeling so good about Sleebo playing again at this point.
1: As I know, last week you were you were, I wouldn't say confident, but you were hopeful that we were going to be able to roll him out of the Yeti head. After these quotes, do you how are you feeling? I,
0: I would say, when looking at the quotes, you're not entirely confident that's going to be the case. My only thing is, <laughs> I still hold on to it, is that he probably in that there, there could be an element of mind games as well, not relieving to um, revealing too much um, Southampton. Not, I don't think that's the thing it's with Man City, not relieving, revealing too much about what the team potentially could be or who could potentially play. I would not be surprised though, if he did train on the Monday and was in the actual starting 11 for Wednesday, I know that's wishful thinking. I just, you just don't know 100% with Arteta. I think there is um, very much a, a ploy on his side to be coy for a reason, to not give too much away. And with it being the biggest game of the season, it would make sense if that's what he's doing. But if you do read into those comments and you want to try and be as as objective as possible with that, you do look at it and think, yeah, it's not looking good for him.
1: I think... With Arteta, and I understand it. He doesn't ever want to give anything away. He doesn't ever want to give the opposition a chance to practice for what's upcoming. So, even if Saliba was back, I agree with you. He wouldn't come out and say it, and he doesn't want Man City practicing for a week on how they're going to get behind holding. I hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. I think there's there's a lot. Arteta does a lot of working with managers and coaches from other sports, and I think he takes a lot from that. Last summer, he spent a lot of time with Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams. And this is a very, very NFL thing to be completely. In fact, the NFL actually had to put rules in place because the the coaches basically barefaced lie about the injuries because they don't want to give the opposition time to prepare. And I think that's kind of Arteta has taken a lot from that. He also took the plan of the music in training, so let's move past that bit. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, but I do think he takes a lot from that, so that is where the hope lies: is that even if he was fit and ready to go, he wouldn't tell you that. But I do think there's something in these in these comments that's a little bit more pointed than than usual. But we're oh. gonna have to see. We'll have to see how that works out. Um, but <laughs> what I've seen over the last couple of days. Is some absolutely batshit crazy stuff from Arsenal fans trying to do mental gymnastics on how not to play Rob Holding. Um, so I just want to go through a, a, a couple of these, um, and maybe we'll rate them on a scale of ten bats worth of batshit crazy to to one. Um, so the first one is uh, bringing straightforward one Kivior in for Holding, two left-footed centre backs. Um, we're not going to see that, are we, Pass?
0: No, no, not 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 with Arteta, no. No, no chance. Uh the other one,
1: just bring in Kivior, play Kivior, Gabriel and White as a back free and play Saka as a wingback. Juz, <laughs> out of ten bats, how batshit crazy is that?
2: It's gotta be at least a nine, Gav. Uh that's pretty bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh so pass this one's for you. Um let's take Thomas Party out of midfield. Play him uh-huh. at right back so we can move Ben White inside, which then means playing Jorginho in midfield. Uh how many bats we got on that one, Pass?
0: So uh, play Ben White in central defence. And put party, party in the right back. back. Yeah. Okay, so your best midfielder putting him at right back yes. to your to move to your, your best player right that you loved in back. midfield. Okay. Um I would say uh that's an eight. That's <laughs> an eight. Okay, <laughs> that's an eight, yeah. We're getting
1: right up there. Um So, the other one I heard was Kieran Tierney once played at right back in a match for a Celtic under 15s or something like that. So, let's play Kieran Tierney at right back and move White inside. Just how. Which is a problem at left back, right? Yeah, yeah. Tierney's (laughs) a problem at left back. So, let's play him at right back. Just what are we doing with that one?
2: Uh, I actually. I'd probably give that maybe a five. I don't think it's as crazy. Um,
1: wow, that's 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 high praise for uh, whoever. Yeah. Well, I should have. I, I wasn't going to note them down because I didn't want to name and shame anyone, so I wasn't going to say who said these things. But uh, yeah, so that's high praise from Just. Um Perhaps the least crazy one, and Pass. I know you're not 100 percent against this one. I am, but I know you're not. Mm. Um, is bringing in Rule Waters, who's never played a single minute in the Premier League in at right back to move our best right back inside.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I just say it because it's Southampton. I know you don't want to... I know we've already gone through, you know, underestimating your opponents, but I think if you're going to try any variation to avoid having holding in, I would think that one is worth more of a try. That's that's just my point, especially against Southampton, and that way you can see how he goes. Um, and we're at home, and it's the bottom team in the league. That's my point on it. I, I would say that's the least of the back, the batshit crazy. So I'll put that one as a four.
1: Okay, here we go. I saved the most batshit crazy till last. Ready? So we're going to take Oleg Zinchenko, who <laughs> has never played right back in his life. He might not even play anyway. And we're going to play him at right back, so we're going to take our best playmaker from left back, yeah, yeah. move him over to right back so that Tim brilliant. is at left back, and we're going to move Ben White inside. Um, oh. Who
0: wants to give that 125 back? Go on, Justin, go on. That is brilliant, that is. That's tactical genius.
2: Yeah, this one is uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm going a nine or a ten on this one too. And, and I just Go want on, give to... it a ten, just come on. <laughs> all right, a ten.
1: I, I just want to point out these uh these people who are doing all these mental gymnastics not to play Rob Holding are the same sort of people that champion signing players like Wolf Zaha or James Krauss yeah. as squad players. Yeah, <laughs> when you're doing yeah. everything you can to try and not play a squad player. Um, and
0: they're desperate to see more of those sort of players come in. I or, mean, or, or they were disgusted that we didn't sign Buendia. Yeah, it's,
1: that yeah, of, yeah, yeah. A yeah. club's I mean, going
0: backwards, you know. Yeah, those kind of.
1: I know social media is a crazy place, but this last week, and obviously, you know, we've had two kind of iffy results on the spin, and it always goes a bit a bit nuts at that point. But the last week, I mean, it has been absolutely crazy on there we got unlucky with Saliba and Tommy being out at the same time and don't get me wrong it opens up a conversation for the summer about Mm. about what you need and if you want we can we can have that conversation um but it it, I mean it has no effect on now we we are what we are at this point Mm. as me and you were, were talking a little bit earlier about the you know the changes that might come in the summer to the back line um some interesting changes changes too so it is a discussion worth having, right? Do we need a centre back and a right back, or or maybe another left back?
0: I I, I think we do. I think um I think centre back for sure. I don't I, I can't see Rob Holding still being at the club after after summer. So you would need a right sided centre back. Uh, who you get is the question. Like you rightly mentioned um, off air where you mentioned about where you talked about um you know who is going to go into that role, knowing it's going to be a peripheral role. Um, and, um, I would say, yeah, I think Tommy Asu is, is slight, not as a player when he plays, but his injury record is becoming more and more a problem. So, you know, what right back can you bring in as, um, as, as a, um, uh, I don't like to use the word backup, but as a squad player for Ben White, um, and left back as well. Yeah, you, you, I'd agree because Zinchenko hasn't got the best injury record either his injury record is, is is also a bit of a concern so who do you come into place you can see clearly that tierney is not is not ready for this system so i would think it's three defenders i, I that's that would be my impression uh, if you're basing on what we're seeing at the moment
1: and i wouldn't be surprised if the answer to what's going to happen at left back isn't who you would think of as a left back because Zinchenko it, doesn't so it play
0: left-back. It you know? could be two defenders yeah. because you could have one like a Tommy S that can play right and left-back. Yeah, I,
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something like that or someone that can play in midfield who would also yeah. play at left-back, who would kind of specialise more as a left-back for us just because of the way the way we play. You know, I think me me and Jazz did talk about this last week or a week before. Um, it's, it, you know, it's definitely something that's worth talking about for the summer, but for right now, And everyone needs to chill because the the fact is that if if Saliba doesn't play again this season, you're going to see Rob holding every game from now until the end of the season. And, Mm. you know, even when we were talking last week about do you move Xhaka in if Zinchenko can't go, I don't think he's going to. I think it would just be Tierney again just because there's no one to move into Xhaka's place. And it doesn't make sense to weaken two areas when you could just weaken one. I think that's kind of what it really comes down to. So I, I just, I think that's where we are. Um, Josh, you didn't get your say on uh, Emil smith Row last week because you, you had to run off. Um, but I just want to give you another quote from Arteta today uh, on on ESR. He's pushing it in football. What you did a year ago or a month ago is not important. It's about what you do now, what you do yesterday and what you do tomorrow. The team has to have that mindset and the contribution has to be now to the team. It has to make us better and it has to make us win games. Now he did end that by saying he's getting close, which kind of just seemed like he threw at the end to try and water down the comment. Just, I mean, me and Pastor Sam, we don't think it looks good for ESR. Where are you now?
2: Yeah. I mean, I've been uh, pretty incorrect on this so far. So, <clears throat> I still, have, I still have hope, and I still, I mean, the whole situation kind of confuses me because I think in Smithrow, we've got um, a really good, versatile player who can do, who can exceed in, in a couple of different positions, young, homegrown, and an impactor off the bench, right? We've seen him do it, and it just seems kind of weird to me to, uh, you know, push him out you know, there's got to be, you know, he must not be uh, a good trainer or, or, you know what I mean? It's like something has happened behind the scenes that has taken this like really valuable asset and, and made him not even worth being used right now. Um, so, you know, I don't know. The, the thing at the end I think is a little hopeful, but at the same time, like you said, I could see it being just something to, uh, you know, tack on there without really much thought. So, uh, you know, I, I hope things change and I hope we start to see him because I think he could be really valuable in this team, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling so great about it anymore either.
1: We said about this before, about the way Arteta talks about players is generally pretty pointed. And we said before about the difference between the way he talks about ESR and other players. And I know a lot of people have pointed to the fact that Martinelli didn't come back and start games immediately. But I just feel like the way he spoke about Martinelli, just it was always about how much he loved him and how good he was. And with ESR, that's just not how he talks about him.
2: Yeah, or even Eddie, too. Um you know, he had glowing reviews of, of Eddie, even when Eddie wasn't getting in the side and Smith Rowe it's just like, everything is almost, uh, everything he says to the press is almost uh, like a challenge, I guess, a challenge to Smith Rowe it feels like. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I just, I, I don't feel too good about it. And, um, you know, I do, I hope things change. I like Smith Rowe quite a bit, you know, but if he's not training well or something like that, you know, the manager sees a lot more than we do. So I'm not going to say I think Arteta is wrong or crazy or anything like that, but I do hope it turns around, you know?
1: I do too, because I think we're all in agreement past that, you know, if it was up to us, um, I think ESR would only really be behind, be behind Trossard, right? For who you want to see come on. I mean, I know for, for, for us, he's probably in front of Vieira. I would rather see ESR come on the pitch. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. I think it, it, it's, it's something that we can only see on the surface and we can only base on previous performances by him and how he's been for, for us at the club and how he was last season because we haven't seen that much of him this season. But we're never privy to what it's like in training. We're never privy to behind-the-scenes conversations. We're never privy to all of the ins and outs that goes on. So uh, you can only... Um, you'd have to go with the management manager's judgment on... On what he's seeing, because if it is nothing going on behind the scenes, then it doesn't make any sense at all. So you have to feel there's something happening. There's either maybe his training's not up to scratch, or he's been coming in late. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But there, there's something has to be going on because, like we already talked about, if you're coming, if Fabio Vieira is ahead of you, then then I think no, and no disrespect to Fabio Vieira, but let's be honest, he's not ready for the Premier League yet. Um, in my opinion, but um, and, and Smith-Rowe is, so it, it's a strange one.
1: And it's going to be very interesting when Zinchenko is back, which is hopefully tomorrow, because he didn't have to make that decision last week on who wasn't getting on the bench, right, that we said about before, because mm. Zinchenko being out meant that Tierney had to play, which opened up an extra spot on the bench. When mm. Zinchenko is back and Tierney drops back on to the bench, that last bench spot, which we have to assume is between nelson and esr becomes very interesting because one of them just has got to sit out
2: yeah that is going to be interesting um it's 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 a tough one too i mean you know if if you go by what uh Mikhail says where you know it doesn't matter what you did you know previously last season or whatever you know we've got uh reese nelson who's already you know come in and bailed us out relatively um relatively recently too you know so it's uh it's a, it's a tough one, man. I mean, I guess, um, you know, like pause said, we can really only see the surface, you know, and all we can really do is speculate about it. And, you know, all I can say is I, I hope it turns around. I, I, I think he could be a uh, huge in this, in this run and especially off the bench for us. But, you know, if he's not doing something, you know, up to scratch, then, I mean, I would understand that too, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't think he's going to be huge for us, to be honest, for the rest of this season. I think, our best hope with Smith Rowe now is that he does whatever he needs to do over the summer and works his way back into contention for next year because yep. I think it's pretty clear that he's not, he's just not who Arteta's looking at when he wants to change a game. Arteta only looks for him when a game's won and he wants to give someone else a rest. He doesn't bring ESR on to bring ESR on, he brings him on to take someone off. And I think that's a worrying position to be in.
2: Do you know you know what's interesting though? Uh do you remember that game where uh I believe Trossard he got hurt in like the first twenty five minutes and Smith yep. Rowe came on right after injury? Yeah, but we had no one else.
1: That was that was Bournemouth. That was when that was when Nelson came off the bench. Like that was Reese Nelson coming off the bench. We had no one other than Smith Rowe. That's true, yeah. But and Smith he came he off as well. and Ketia was out.
0: Yeah and I Smith Rowe came off, didn't
1: we he? Hadn't, Yeah, and then he took him off. So we had no one. So Yeah. All right, all right. All right, guys, well, let's leave the first half there and we'll come back because we haven't even touched on the game yet. So we'll, we'll preview that in the, uh, in the second half. So we'll see you, uh, see you back here in a minute. Hey, guys, just a couple of quick halftime announcements. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, and we thank you for your support. Also, don't forget to check out our socials. We are the NN Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We try and put out some cool content, so give us a like or a follow and help us build our Guna community. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiable Podcast. This is part two. So let's crack into the game tomorrow night. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, obviously. Just, I'm really hoping that Zinchenko's back for this because we, we badly missed him. And it it's not necessarily that I think we desperately need him to beat Southampton. I think mean, we should be fine either way. But we really would. I really don't want to go into the Man City game with him being cold for a start. But also, I think it's after the last couple of games, I think it's important that we get everyone finding their feet again.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, Zinchenko is just, he's so crucial to... Um, you know, our, our best football, like when we're playing the best and Chinko's usually on and responsible for a lot of that, you know, um, I feel like uh, his whole position and setup is, 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 uh, you know, kind of revolutionizing fullbacks. And I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing more managers trying to put in like a technical attacking midfielder in there to try to replicate uh, because of the success we've had with it. Um, but yeah, I think, um, if we get as much as our uh, as much of our first team that can play against Southampton and and really get going, it, I think it can only be beneficial for City. And I know we've said this a bunch, but I mean this legitimately is you know a complete must win game for us. We've we've got to be there and we've got to start building momentum. The West Ham game
1: took away any any ability we had to drop to drop points. That was the real kicker of the West Ham game. We could have dropped. points we could have drawn with Man City and Newcastle and been fine. Now, that's out of the question unless Man City lose somewhere. That's the, you know, that's the big thing. So, obviously, it's a must-win. We all know it's a must-win. Because we've seen Chenko and the way he affects everybody else, he seems to never be more than five yards from the ball at any point. No matter where it is on the field, he's there. And he opens up those one-twos and he opens up them passing lanes. Everybody's missing him, but are we Are we kind of? We know how much Erdegaard and Saka are missing Saliba. And that's, I mean, it's borne out in the numbers. I did see some numbers today about the amount of passes that are going out there. Saka is touching the ball around about 15 to 20 times less per game with holding instead of Saliba. But we know Zinchenko as well, the way Zinchenko likes to float over to that right side and particularly combine with Erdegaard. That's also a key component, right? So now we're missing two big parts of it.
0: That that that's the concern. Um I think that's what we were seeing. Uh, ben White as well, I think, gets uh uh has uh has more of an impact with Saliba. I think also party has more of an impact with Zinchenko. Um it, it, it's this is the reason why no matter what anyone says about Tierney being a good fullback, and I, I don't think any of us say he's not. But for the system that we've got, this is why Zinchenko has been so crucial. Um, And this is also how Ben White has fitted in so well. And it, it, it really is a loss when you don't have him and you don't have Saliba. Because as much as we've been conceding goals, which has been happening even when they've been on the field, it's a lot to do with our transition of play. And when you cut those two out, who are absolutely fantastic on the ball, um, you, you really are taking a big part of our our movement and how quick we can get that ball up to our attacking lineup. So yeah, 100%. It, it really is noticeable when Zinchenko's not there. And I think we're also the same with Saliba when he's not there. We're, we're seeing that a lot more now and especially in these games where we've got a... where we've got kind of like the Liverpool game and the West Ham game, I think at 2-2 in those games, if you have Saliba and Zinchenko, you have a lot that there is always that feeling we can get back, we can take the lead again, but it never looked like that was happening in those two games. So yeah, you we, we really don't want to be missing these players for too long a period.
1: Just it's mad, isn't it, how taking two players out of the back line affects your forward movement. And in particular with Artsinchenko, I, I think that part of we all noticed how deep Jesus was coming on Sunday, right? I mean he was he was playing so far back. And I think that was because we needed someone to link the play in the middle and he was dropping back. It's mad how much this has affected our pattern of play.
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody's affected. I think, um, you know, one of the reasons why uh, Party had such a poor game too is that he was a lot more uh, isolated. He had a major passing option that was not there. Um, You know, he was basically, uh, you know, in that deeper midfield by himself. It uh, you know, it doesn't allow Xhaka to get his forward because he's got to cover more in that midfield. And like you said, I mean, I think that that's definitely why Jesus felt the need, I think, to to drop deep and carry the ball. It, you know, I mean, he he's a left back, you know, on paper, but he does so much more and and is crucial for the the transitions. And his technical ability just lets him, you know, be able to hit these one-two passes and stuff like that, like effortlessly. So. Yeah, he's he's a huge miss. I think he's you know he's a bigger miss than Saliba right now. Paz,
1: we saw Jesus drop him back from the first couple of minutes from West Ham. So that's clearly managers instruction, right? That's not a game getting out of its natural game state and him trying to make something happen. He was told to do that if he's doing it from the first whistle.
0: I absolutely, absolutely. And and uh it's um it, he he's his role then becomes even more pivotal because, because we're, we're lacking that creativity at the back um, and that transition and quick mind of thought. He, he's then having to bring his ability a little bit further down on the pitch. Um, and you, you could see that because obviously in the, I think you see some moments in the Liverpool game where his hold-up plays, his flicks, his movement of the ball was so crucial, especially to Martin Lee and to Saka. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely intentional. Definitely. Jazz, is there an
1: argument to adapt some of the roles in this team at the moment without Jez, uh, without Zinchenko and without Saliba? So we've said we don't think there's going to be a massive change in personnel. I don't think he's going to be bringing players out of the youth team to play at centre-back and someone else to play at left-back. It's, it's just not going to happen like that. But is there an argument for, say, pulling Xhaka a bit deeper alongside party and asking Erdegaard to play a little bit more centrally rather than off towards the right. Is there something like that we could maybe
2: do? I think there's um, there's an argument to be made that uh, it's not a bad move. I think if we had a little bit of a stronger central midfielder that we could bring in to fill in for for Jaka, that you probably would see Xhaka in left back, or at least I wouldn't be surprised at all to
1: see Xhaka I- in left back I agree with you. A hundred percent. I think that's exactly what would happen, but we just, we don't have that. Right. We were already saying that he doesn't have to trust in, in ESR and there's no way he's starting Fabio Vieira there.
2: Yeah. I think uh, we're, we're really fortunate and no disrespect. We're really fortunate to play the 20th place team at home next. Um, I think if the if, like, let's say we had um, city as our next game tomorrow. I think there probably would be more changes. Um I I could strongly see Xhaka being considered at left back and bringing Jorginho in. Uh, But I think since, um, you know, we're lucky enough to play Southampton next at home that we're just going to try to tough it out with, uh, you know, swapping the one player in Zinchenko.
1: And we don't know that Zinchenko's out yet. I know Arteta said that it's a muscular injury and you've got to be careful. But again, like we've said, Pass Arteta just doesn't like to give anything away.
0: No, he doesn't. And knowing Arteta, if he's more or less fit, he'll play him. I think um, he's that important. But um, obviously, there's cities going to be on the minds because it's only um, only next Wednesday. So I, I think what you mentioned earlier on, perhaps having you know starting him, but then taking him off second half, or you know, I, I I'm I'm more of a believer in starting your best team and then taking them off because you'd want to push to get as many goals as possible. And then when you're in a position where you can take them off, then do it then so they can get their rest, rather than putting on the second uh, player in that position and then putting your uh, your best ones on, hoping to to pull something out of the fire. Um, so and if if he's available, I think he plays him and then most likely then puts on Tierney in the second half um, with uh, Man City in mind.
1: And to go back to the batshit mental segment from the first half, I saw someone else say that uh, Saka needs a rest. So he should come out and Nelson should come in. Obviously, that's 11 out of 10 bats, batshit crazy. But how can Saka need a rest when he's played one game a week for the last two months? And in fact, he hasn't even played that because he didn't even start against Leeds. That's that's nutsack of stuff. Yeah, and,
0: and how many games we got left now? Was it seven games, eight yeah. games? It's why would you stop there? He 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 had a lot more games earlier in the season after the World Cup, uh, and before the World Cup. So if you're going to arrest him, that would probably have been your time. Not when we're playing a game a week. It's it's just nonsense. He's 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 hit a bit of a a rough patch, but when you're playing that many games and have played that many games in sequence you're not going to always be on top form. So yeah, the rest is nonsense.
1: And just after last week and the penalty miss, you want him in there tomorrow night. I mean, I want to see the ball on the spot at some point and him stand up and bury it.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not really worried about the penalty miss at all with Saka. We saw after the, uh, the Euro final that, um, you know, he came back strong. I think it's in Saka's character to, uh, you know go up a level after something like this uh he's going to want to you know prove that he was right to take the penalty you know prove that he's um you know a leader on this team and uh, so yeah I'm not worried about Saka at all and I'd love to see him hit a pen tomorrow
1: the one thing I have been thinking about is I wouldn't be completely shocked If Arteta was looking for a way to get Trossard into the team, I personally wouldn't do it. I would roll out there with our regular front three. But Paz, do you think there's any chance that Trossard does come in for Martinelli uh, tomorrow night just for that little bit of extra control and that little bit of uh, extra security on the ball after the last couple of games?
0: Maybe, maybe, but I think Martelli's been good form for us. I, th- I I wouldn't I would find it odd if he was to take him out after being in such good form. And and with him being in good form, you'd want that to continue going into the Man City game because I think he's been our most dangerous player, actually. Uh I think if anyone it would be Saka, uh I would think. Uh, but I you know, you know how he we all know how he loves Saka. So uh, I, I can't. I just can't see him starting it unless it is Saka. Because I think I think Jesus is now. I think we can all agree he is the, the main forward. So that's not going to change. Um, uh, I guess my only answer to that would be Saka if anyone, and if not, he's on the bench.
1: It's unlucky for Trossard because he has been very good, and even when he come on against West Ham. I thought he he looked pretty good. But I do yeah. think when we play him, the only thing is, is that we do lose a little bit of penetration because he does like everything to feet. And it does tend to be in front of the defenders. And we rely very heavily then on the runs from, from wide, from Martinelli and Saka. And I think that is that is the one thing, is that Trossard isn't going to do what Jesus does, where he bullies defenders, gets in around it and kind of creates something for himself. But I, I don't know. It's just saying I've been thinking, because I know
2: Arteta does like that control, and Trossard definitely gives you that. Just, you know what an interesting thought process is, and I'm you know not saying this is likely or anything, but if Jacca were to step back until left-back, I could see Trossard going into that left eight. Like, I could I, see that being more likely than Vieira or Smith-Rowe or even Jorginho.
1: I've heard that said, and again, he's not a midfielder, so I I, I, I don't see it, but I would be interested in it. To see where it comes because on the ball he's definitely secure enough to do it right. Wow. It's got um, it's got some Santy vibes, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, I don't hate it, you know, but I'd need to see a little bit more.
1: Which I mean, if you're going to try that, then tomorrow night is the time to try it, right, Pass.
0: Th- this is my point about all uh, besides those, you know, those back crazy uh, ideas that that you were. Uh, uh, that were put forward by other, other fans. But but I think if you're going to try something relatively experimental, tomorrow is it. Uh, you can't... It, if It's this simple about tomorrow. If we don't win, we don't deserve the title. We're playing the bottom team and we're at home. I know they're fighting for relegation, but that's been the case for the last, you know, whatever amount of weeks they they've been. So if you're confident enough with your team and you want to try one or two experimental options with players that are more than capable, it has to be tomorrow. And you've got to try and think of a way of <clears throat> making that uh, that experiment will try, hopefully, and pay off, but also it prepares you for the City game. Because it's a perfect, like we talked about last week, it's a perfect preparation for the City game, having Southampton at home.
1: I will say this, though. Personally, I wouldn't do anything tomorrow night that I wouldn't be prepared to do at the Etihad. do you know what I mean, Pat?
0: Yeah, that's true, and that's why I, I get your point about, is it uh, Walters, did you say, or Walters?
1: Waters, oh, oh, Walters, W-A-L-T-E-R-S. Oh,
0: Walters, okay, so playing him would be, you'd think would be a risky one um, against City, because he's raw, um, so yeah, I I, I see that. But I don't think, like what Justin's saying, Trossard, we know we know what Trossard's capabilities are. So I don't think it would be a major risk at eight. I wouldn't say that's the worst risk in the world. He's a tidy player. He's good on his feet. He's He, he does make penetrative runs. Um, he's great link-up play. So you'd think, yeah, that, that could work for an eight. But Walters, I guess, would be far more of a risk.
1: I think the only way I would do that, and I've got... Shaka at left back now is not the same as Shaka at left back last season, right? It's a different role. It's completely different. He's a lot more suited to this way of playing than he was the way we were playing last year. But the only way I would do that is, I think, if I knew Zinchenko just needed the game. Do you know what I mean? If he just needed tomorrow night off and he was going to be back at the head, because Mm. I don't see. I just don't see a world in which Arteta goes into the Etihad with Shaka at left back and Trossard as the left eight. I just I just don't see it. I, I really don't. So unless you were 100% confident that Zinchenko although not ready for tomorrow would be ready for the Etihad, mm. I would just stick with Tierney at left back and just ride it out. Just
2: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I agree. It it be yeah. uh, mm. it wouldn't be a bad band-aid. Uh but yeah, I mean it would be it'd be risk I don't know. I, I just hope uh we've got everybody for City. You know what I mean? It's already gonna be such a tough game. Uh you know, throwing in an experiment like I agree with Paz in that um, you know, tomorrow night is the the only time you really can get to experiment, but at the same time we're we're so close to the end with City right mm-hmm. on the horizon. I just you know, we need Zinchenko fit. We need him fit for it. We do, Paz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I that, that's that's a very good point. Um,
0: I, I do um, I that's you, you're not going to put Shaka at left back against Mancia unless you're in absolute dire straits because it, that's a totally different game um, I think if Zinchenko is, is available um, and can play or you want to have him some kind of role in the game uh, then you know that that is the player you're going to have on against Mancia. You you wouldn't really want to try out Shaka for that role Have that having that in mind. No, not at all. So yeah, I agree with that.
1: Do either of you know if uh, Ainsley is available to play tomorrow night? Because they changed the rules uh, last year or the year before, where now you can play against your parent club in the Premier League unless the loan specifically rules it out. Um, anyone know if uh, if Ainsley's available or not? That's a good question. I don't. I don't actually. I, I don't um, know for sure. No, I'm not. I'm not sure if he is or not because he's he's actually been playing. He's had a he's had a funny time of it there. I think he's been very very up and down. He's had some good games and he, some poor games. I know they said he was excellent against Tottenham, but then he was pretty woeful last time out. So I don't. It'll be interesting to see if he does. I'm not really. You know, they're the youngest team in the league. We're the second youngest team in the league. And I think you can see the extremes of how that can go past. Like if you've got a really young squad, it doesn't always go the way that we've got it going right now. So, uh,
2: sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. My, my, my No, brother. no,
0: you do that. It's no problem.
2: It looks like he is he's out. Uh, and this is Southampton's official website. Maitland Niles unavailable against Parent Club.
1: Okay. I did wonder about that because we did. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Eddie was on loan at Leeds, we had that written into Nketiah's loan as well, where he couldn't play against us, um, which I think is sensible. I would certainly put sensible. that in. in, in yeah. all my, I, I don't think you should be allowed to play against your parent club, but the the argument for, for taking that rule away um, was that it's not fair when they can't play against you, but then they can play against, say, Man City next week. That was the argument for it. But I, I think there's a lot more risk involved in playing against the parent club than there is the other way. Um, sorry, Paz? <laughs>
0: Sorry, what was the question, Gabe? Could you remind me just, uh, just, just before?
1: Sorry, guys, <laughs> that's okay. I've lost <laughs> my train of thought as well. <laughs> um, I, I would just yeah, say, no, it uh... was, um, it was. I was saying that we, you know, they've got the youngest team in the league. We've got the second youngest team in the league, and I think a lot's been talked about how we've, you know, how we've gone through this revolution and how we've got this young team, up and coming team, and everyone should copy it. But the fact that we're top and they're bottom shows you the extremes of how this can work. Just getting a load of young players is not a guarantee.
0: No, and you've got to have a blend as well. It's always been the case, isn't it? Um, You you need to... I mean, there's that famous Alan Hansen saying uh, you can't win the league with kids. But even though that Man United did win it with a lot of kids, there were a lot of old heads in that team as well. You've got to have some form of balance. Um, So we have a Shaka, we have a party... We have really, you you wouldn't, even though Zinchenko's young, you'd say he's very experienced. So Zinchenko, Jesus. Um, So yeah, having a team full of young players only. um, And also how good are they as well? You can have all the young players in the world, but are they good? I mean, no offense to Ainsley, mate, and Niles, but he was a young talent, but, you know, was never really up to the scratch to our team. If you probably, people would argue that about Reese Nelson, perhaps, maybe in Ketia as well. So, you know, it, it isn't, it's the type of young player, but also it's the mix as well that you have in the team. And I think we've shown this season that, yeah, we've got the young, we've got the young, one of the youngest teams in the league, but we also have some old heads in there, which add that balance.
1: Just when it comes to our Southampton are going to, going to play us, I think that they've, they're having problems at both ends. Obviously that's how you, <clears throat> that's how you end up bottom of the table. Um do you think they're going to come to us and try and park the bus? I mean, it, it, it seems like a risky, risky proposition for for them. I mean, our vulnerabilities are obvious. We're you know we're giving away a lot of shots and a, a lot of goals at the minute. How do you think they're going to approach this one?
2: Ooh, um, it'll be interesting. I know they've played, um, they've played a, a decent bit of like kind of a four four two with two strikers up top. Uh, I would be surprised to see that against us. I think uh, we'll probably see at least five in midfield. Um, they're, uh, you know, I mean, I would say since they've been in the, the Prem, they're not ones usually to just sit back, but, you know, they don't have uh, Hassan Huddle anymore. Um, it'll be an interesting one. I think um, it really just depends. I mean, they're pretty much doomed when you say, I mean, they're they're relegated at this point.
1: Yeah, and, and they're on a horrendous run too. Yeah. I mean they, you know, they've been they've had a couple of they've had a couple of what you would say were decent results. They they won at they won at Chelsea, which everyone's doing at the minute. Is that a so, decent result though? Okay. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So that's not great. They beat Leicester, who are obviously down there with them, um, and then. I don't think they've won since that, have they? They they drew with United when Casemiro got sent off, and they they hilariously drew with Tottenham. But they got smashed by Man City. They got beaten at home by Brentford. They lost at Southampton. They lost last time out at Crystal Palace. They lost at Wolves when Wolves were down to ten men. So, they're, you know, they're, they're in about as woeful form as you can get, Paz.
0: Yeah, they are. I, I, like goes back to to my point earlier that this is the game you want to play before City, but at the same time you know you can only look at this as a big win you you I, okay if we win 1-0 it's 1-0 but i i would I, I just feel this is great practice for us to go in get all the um to put all the noise behind us put those two games behind us and really get back to what we were doing before and that was with rob holding in the team because i believe against fulham we were excellent we won 3-0 and rob holding was at the back so we can do it um and um it, it's, a, it's the it's the the best team to be playing against at this moment of time, not just because of the table, but also as you just mentioned, their form as well. Um, if we were playing, let's say, a Palace or someone like that, I'd be a bit more apprehensive um, just because of their attacking threat and how fast they can be. So I'm delighted it's a Southampton, really. And even you can even see Bournemouth are not mugs either. We we were quite lucky against them, and then they they played. Um, that uh, that team in white, that overrated team in white, that doesn't have a manager at the moment. The ones so, that get
1: battered everywhere they go. Yeah, they go yeah, them.
0: yeah. Those guys, those guys, <laughs> and uh, that have fans who take videos of watching themselves watch the game. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you, you really, uh, you couldn't pick a better team to play against.
1: Judge, what's the odds we get to see Theo? I think we're going to see him at some point. I don't know whether
2: he'll he'll start or not. Yeah, I think we'll see him for sure. Um, just looking at their last couple games, he's gotten uh, decent minutes. I'm glad he's back in the side because um, I know he was kind of out of it for a, for a while. But, um, but yeah, I bet we'll see him, and I hope he gets, uh, you know, a, a nice applause. Yeah, he's been starting,
1: and I think they've been starting uh, Ainsley at right back, right? That's that's yeah. where he's been starting, So and Kyle Walker-Peters has been at left back. So it'd be interesting to see how they... Uh, they shuffled a pack there, and that's that's an interesting one too, Paz, because they've got two players that we've kind of been I'm not going to say strongly linked with, but there's definitely been little whispers, um, about Kyle Walker Peters and uh, Lavia in the middle of midfield, uh,
0: the Southampton lineup, yeah,
1: yeah, we've we've been linked with Walker Peters as a, as a possible. Oh, did we?
0: I, and... I didn't even know that actually, yeah, about Walker- the
1: last couple of weeks, not strong links, but there's been links of that, and there's been a link to that. Is it uh, what's he is it, Romario Lavia? The midfielder they bought from Man
0: City sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he's a. From what I i have not really watched him, but I've heard he's a pretty decent player. I like Walker Peters actually. He's um, he's uh, he's ex Spurs, but uh, but he's not anymore. So he he he. But he seems like a pretty decent player, Walker Peters. Um, yeah, I, I think that Southampton have always been a team that have 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 nurtured good talent over the years. I mean, if you think about the players that have come from the Southampton, they were kind of the Brighton of, of old, um, you, you know, going back as, as early as Shearer, I remember Shearer was over there. Um, they, they've always Latissier, they've always had bail. They've always had a array of talent that has come through their ranks. So it's a, a team I've always liked as, um, for that part of, uh, for that reason. But, um, yeah, it, it would be interesting to see how those players play if we have been linked to them, as you say, um, and uh, and and what they do, I would be surprised though. if Walker Peters was because I don't know if he'd want to be a second string, but on the second on the uh, as as some kind of rotationary player in our right back position because I um, wasn't he that was he, he's right back, isn't he, Walker Peters? Yeah, he's
1: been playing left back for them, but I think that's a needs must kind of kind of thing. Yeah, because
0: uh, right I think he was that at, at Spurs. He was kind of an understudy, wasn't he? To uh, to to in their team. So I'm not sure if that's what he would want to do, but. But um I, I do like him. I think he's a pretty exciting player.
1: Yeah, I d I don't think there's any legs to either one of them rumors, to be quite honest with you. I just want to bring it up because we have been we have been linked to the pair of them for a while. And um it's interesting just what, what Paz was saying there about Southampton, the players they've produced. I mean, you you know, you had the the Wilson brothers as well with Danny, Rod and Ray and you've had that. But then in the in the very recent past, they were basically Liverpool's feeder club, right? When Liverpool were buying all them players and it just goes to show you how quickly things can things can turn
2: yeah it really does um that's the that's the problem with these kind of um you know middle of the pack clubs here in the prem you have one uh decent season where you punch above your weight and then you get you know every every one of your decent players are sold off to you know clubs higher in the table um but yeah, they've had a lot of good recent talent. And I mean, Liverpool greatly benefited from them. They they signed quite a few of their players. And um, going back to uh, Lavia, though, I don't know how reliable that is. But that's a player I, I like quite a bit. He seems very uh, uh, mature, you know, for, for his age on the ball and stuff like that. So I've not seen a ton of him. But I've been impressed with him every time I've seen the uh, Saints play. So
1: well, I think it's almost certain he's gonna move, right? They they're, they're gonna go down and they're gonna they're gonna lose a few of these a few of these players. I think Walker Peters is gonna be one that's gonna be looking for a move.
2: Mm-hmm. Lavia's
1: certainly gonna be gonna be looking for a move. James Will Press has apparently been told that he's gonna be allowed to leave if they go down. I've seen him link to uh, Manchester United, which is I don't know. I, <laughs> I I don't I don't really see that. But it's um that there are gonna be a few of them, Paz, on on the move if they go down.
0: Yeah, and, and probably at good prices as well, because if you compare it to Brighton, Brighton, what Brighton are, are quoting for, like Calcedo and, and players like that, um, I'm sure Southampton's won't be nothing like that. Especially, if, you know, being relegated, so um, it would be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure we can, we could, we we might be looking at one or two of their players. It'd be good to see how they play tomorrow as well. Um, but I think all that they're doing now, knowing that it's probably inevitable they're going to go down, is just really showcasing themselves for a move. Um. After this season finishes,
1: yep. Well, and if any of them have got their eye on us, it's kind of a little bit of a worry, right? Because I mean, I thought last week I thought Declan Rice was 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 a one man show against us. I thought he was he was very yeah, he
0: was he was he was outstanding. And um I think you said that he uh he scored a solo goal today, so um. You you see, you know, I I'll I won't be I'll be honest, you know, Gav, you've always been pro Declan Rice. I wasn't that keen on him, but I've grown I have come around to the idea of him in our team and how good he would be. Um he is a really good player and I, I think he's he's absolutely what would, would go well in our team at the moment, considering where party is, he's not consistent enough in terms of availability.
1: And hopefully Partey's not carrying an injury, Just, I mean, I haven't heard anything other than the regular whispers this week that there might be something there. I mean, he always seems to be carrying an injury, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, and I mean, to, to be honest, it's not like we'd even know, you know, if he was out tomorrow or not, you know, with the way uh, Arteta is with injuries. But I've not heard anything. Um, I'm sure we'll just continue to manage him how we have been. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple early goals, if he's one of the first yanked, uh, you know, 55, 60 minutes, somewhere around there.
1: I think it's almost inevitable that he is because he's, he, he comes off every game pass.
0: <clears throat> he does. And, and, and this is the part that's going to really be interesting over summer, because I think us as fans, we're always on the edge of our seat to know is party going to be available. In some cases in as well. And and this is where they're going to have to do a lot of homework into who can we have as an automatic replacement for these players that are just as good, hopefully, uh, or even close to. Because Jorginho, we can see, is not party at all. Um, And Tierney is not Zinchenko. So it is really one that every time we come up to a big game, we're so concerned and for, for justifiable reasons. Because if you go through the list of games that party has missed... When it comes to the big ones, it's evident. So, um, you know, this is this is something that I hope we can alleviate next season because it's kind of excruciating as a fan.
1: And just going out to Sporting, if we'd have gone through, we'd have been playing last week, we'd have been playing tonight, we'd have been playing Southampton on Sunday, and then we'd have been going to the Etihad on Wednesday night. I just don't know that we can cope with that.
2: No, yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, looking at the last two games, Liverpool and West Ham, I think it's, um, it's, it's obvious we our title challenge would have probably fallen apart. Um, you know, even with as long a breaks as we've had between games, we've, we've struggled a little bit. Um, so a, a real blessing in disguise, I think. Even if we don't win the league, um, it's. Even if we don't win the league, I think it's allowed us to fight to to keep the fight going longer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's and and past
1: next year we're going to be in the Champions League, right? So we're not frying away the quarterfinals of the Champions League like we like we did the Europa. We're just you know you can't you can't do it. This title challenge though, it should put us in a position to pretty much have our pick of players, right?
0: Yeah, that, that that's why the summer's going to be so important. And we can't be going into every Champions League. So, you know, we're in, a, we're in a position where when we're playing Man City, when we're playing Man United, Liverpool, we're like, oh, please, party, be available. Please, inchengo be available. Nearly every game of the Champions League is going to be like that as well. So <laughs> you, you really have to, they have to nail summer well. I think Edu's going to get out, you know, I mean, he's got to put that barbecue on hold and make sure he goes out and, um, you know, we scout the right players because that is really the areas where we're going to have to improve on because the Champions League is a different ballgame. But yes, going to your point, we should have a better pool of talent to target and also young manager, exciting team. I mean, what else do you need as a player?
1: Yeah, I think Edu needs to get that barbecue up to ten and get the uh, get some prime Brazilian <laughs> beef on that. You know. Let's really get put it on hold
0: though, and then then <laughs> then do
1: it. <laughs> All right, lads. Well, let's do the uh, let's do the who am I? So uh, I started my career at Southampton, where I played 22 league games. I moved to Arsenal, where I played 74 times. While I was going out on loan to Middlesbrough and Fulham, I then went to Aston Villa, where I have played 22 games. Who am I? Who wants to have a go? Just, you want to go first?
0: Uh, sure. Is it? Uh, is it Chambers? It is Callum Chambers. Okay. Yeah. It was. Um. I. I. That one was actually. I. I was hoping you were going to do Theo Walcott, Gav, because I know you have such a soft spot for Theo Walcott. <laughs> I, was that, gonna, I was hoping. I was, thinking, I was thinking it could be. Could be Theo Walcott. It could be uh, Oxley. I was thinking, Ox- but you know, you know,
1: if we. I've got to say, hold some back for for next year and the year after and the year after too. So you know, <laughs> there's a there's a long list. Of, like, this is true. A week after uh, after justin told me it was too easy last week i was going to drag out like some some classic ted drake or something
0: <laughs> i uh yeah i went I went, with an, my time now, yeah, I went with yeah. an easy one so Is all it- right that's well
1: well thank you very much tonight um and um, let's uh, get together again early next week before the city game after the southampton game and it might be a bumper episode next week wrapping this one up and previewing uh-huh. previewing city so Alright guys, uh, thank you very much and everybody, we will see you next week. Good night.
0: Goodbye. Good night.